everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles. We got a little bit of a fun interview for you guys after that, but let me check in with my co-host, Ethan, as it has been a couple weeks since our last episode. How you doing, brother? Good to be back. We'll get into the news here momentarily, but Kind of a sad week in the last couple of weeks with everything going on with the decision by NIU and the MAC. Sucks that we won't see football in the fall, but you know the weather is nice out here in DeKalb. People are moving into school today, and classes start Monday, so it's a it would be a whole different grind for us here coming up. Yeah, I will say on a more positive note, you know, regardless of whether or not the season is being played in the fall, all of our athletes are here. They're being taken care of, you know, top-notch health-wise, and it looks like they're having a whole lot of fun out there on the field. They've been playing softball. They've been training. They've been working out. They've been doing a little bit of everything, a little bit of, you know, work and play. And it's good to see that the team, you know, despite not being able to play their season that's supposed to start in a month, is still in great spirits and controlling what they can control so that if there is a season in the spring, they are completely ready for it. Well, the one good thing about us living right next to the stadium is those 7.30, 8 o'clock a.m. whistles from the coaches going on. But realistically, I mean, like you said, they're having fun. You hear them. They're still bringing the energy every day. I mean, like I said, it's a benefit for us that we get to to walk out our front door and see the guys practicing hard every day. But the intensity, I feel like, hasn't changed since the decision. And these guys, I mean, look, I talked about it when the uh, the decision was, was coming up about moving it back to the spring. It gives these guys who are still a little bit younger to train and work hard. And really, if we see football in the spring, I think this team, hands down, will be the best in the MAC. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, the one thing that comes to mind when I think about it is just too much ammo, too many athletes, too many, you know, talented players across this football team where, you know, we have depth, we have players that can start and compete, you know, for any team in the MAC and even, you know, higher than that, I'll go out and say, you know, in some cases, but with this team, you know, the spirits are right. And one thing I want to clear for the, you know, the listeners and the fans, because everybody gets their media certain ways, but <clears throat> Your boy beat on 300. He dug to the to the very bottom of the rabbit hole to find out all the facts about this. Okay, so one thing I want to clear up is when the players arrived originally to get to campus for camp, they were told by the athletic department and, you know, the coaches that basically there was a couple different things that were at the table. The spring season being one of them and, you know, either, you know, playing the season out as is. And I, I won't even say there was a third, but those are the two that I or that I actually know for a fact were around. And they told the players that. So there was some sort of transparency. Um, when you get to the interview session of this podcast, you'll find out, you know, obviously the players were still disappointed. But at the same time as being disappointed, they were extremely understanding because they understand at the end of the day this is about player safety. This is about, you know, the safety of the greater DeKalb and Sycamore area, the safety of our students and so many people involved. So when Sean Frazier and Lisa Freeman made the decision, they made that with all those people in mind. And at the end of the day, you know, regardless of if you think, you know, our guys should be out there playing in about a month or so, the decision has been made. And in our opinions, we've we've talked about it on this podcast. It's the right decision. And we're just glad that we were the first domino to fall in this landscape of college football. Yeah, that was one thing I wanted to talk about, too, because realistically, it breaks down to NIU being that first domino, like you said. And now we're in that part of the waiting game where 
you know, the SEC wants to play. These conferences want to play. The ACC wants to play. Big Ten, obviously, is trying to fight back, and, and they want to play football as well. But Lisa Freeman, our president, that decision was based with science. Like, I know that that decision was backed with science because of her background. So at this point now, it's going to be, did NIU make the right decision or did NIU make the wrong decision too soon? And I think that it's something that this country's, not really just the country, but the whole world has kind of dealt with this pandemic. And like I said, I think NIU made the right choice. I think that the student athletes are being taken care of proper way here in DeKalb. I'm not saying that the SEC teams or the conferences that want to play, that their players aren't, but I think that the right decision was made here. And like you said, we'll find out here in the coming weeks to see, did NIU make the right decision? Did the MAC make the right, uh, the right decision? Did all these other conferences and all these other leagues that canceled weeks, months ago, did they make the right decision? And I hope that, you know, these other conferences see that and will point out and fix the, uh, the errors if there are, you know, numbers increased in the COVID-related world for their team. That's what we'd hope but we hope that we never have to get to that point. Yeah. And a couple things too. It's like for some of our crossover listeners that listen to Irish on tap, <clears throat> Notre Dame is part of the ACC. And I'm almost more comfortable sitting here and saying like, I am way more prepared and ready to just fire off so many Husky interviews as opposed to like the nightmare of covering college football this year is going to be. It's going to be wild ride. You know, you see schools like North Carolina, uh, Clemson had high numbers early. LSU had high numbers early. Not those were football teams. You know, now as students are starting to get to campus and people are starting to get tested, you know, you're bringing students at universities, you know, wherever you are from all over the world. So, you know, cases are obviously going to go up. I'm sure, you know, when, you know, God forbid, when people get back to NIU, I know we're going to be doing remote learning, so it's probably not going to be an issue. But I'm sure there's people that are coming from other parts of the world that haven't been doing the same things that we've been doing in Illinois to kind of flatten the curve and combat this. And I, and I hate talking about it because I wish, you know, I wish we were, we were over it, but it is the reality of the world that we're in right now. And, you know, we talked about it all off season, how, we just hope that we can get it to go away before football. Well, well, now we're here. Football is postponed for the foreseeable future. And just to give a quick rundown on, you know, the timeline of the events, Ethan, I know you were, you know, you followed this very closely, but two weeks ago, originally the meeting was taking place on a Thursday. No decision was come to by the MAC on whether or not they were going to play this. And it's not just football. It's the entire, you know, we're doing a disservice to the rest of the fall sports. It's the entire fall sport catalog that just got the kibosh put on it and postponed till the spring. And we all know that football is the breadwinner for any college is, you know, that has a football program. So it's a tough it's a tough thing to deal with right now. But what ultimately happened was, is there was a second meeting on that Saturday. And Ethan, you pointed it out so perfectly. Lisa Freeman made this decision based off of science. She was at one point, you know, in her professional career, a research doctor at the University of Rochester. So so it's not like I said this when I was on the Sean and Maya show in the morning. It's not like she's just throwing darts at, at the dartboard. She made a educated decision with the help of Sean Frazier and the people in the athletic department to kind of stick up to the Mac because the Mac wanted to play, but they didn't like the look of the MAC conference going on without NIU. So some of the stuff that I've read over the last few weeks has stated that, you know, NIU and, and our and our leaders were a big part of making sure that the rest of the conference 
was in the same boat, had the same mindset, was looking out for not only their players, but their coaches and the students at the university and then the entire town. Because like I said, Ethan, you know, you take a college out of a town that it's been there forever or something like this hits, it's catastrophic for the economy. So there's so many different things that could be affected. And and like you said, Ethan, they made the right decision. Whether we find out, you know, the dollar signs, you know, I'm glad that they didn't care about the dollar signs at this point. But whether we find out later, you know, if if this wasn't as bad as we thought it was, it's good that they made the decision to nip it in the butt to have that preventative maintenance so that we had nobody get sick here. Well, yeah, and right off the gate, I mean, Sean Frazier was a big advocate for moving football back into the spring. And, and like you said, the whole fall sport catalog as a whole back into the spring. But with football obviously being um, the highest, you know, I guess, revenue sport, that was obviously the most notable. But, yeah, I, I think it's smart. And like you said in the beginning of the show, you said that the players were were understanding. And I think you have to be at this point. You know, there there's nothing that these guys can do but – you know, continue to prepare for whatever week one may be, whenever that may be. You know, obviously now you and I have talked about it. What does this mean for spring football? You know, what does this do for, will we, will we see spring football? Will we see a whole year of college football being postponed because, you know, players would have to play two full seasons in a calendar year? So that's obviously something to look at going forward. But like I said, or like we both stated before, we have great leaders here at NIU. We have leaders that care about their student athletes. And, and like I've said on Twitter multiple times, they're always student athletes. Student comes first for a reason. And, and they're doing a great job of taking care of us as students, as well as the athletes on campus as well. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's there's just so many moving parts, so many individuals involved. The one thing that I really drove home uh, when I had my appearance this week or last week on the Sean and Maya in the morning show is, you know, Sean Frazier and Lisa Freeman took into mind, you know, that kid that, you know, that random kid in your class that you have that doesn't even know we have a football team. You know what I'm talking about, Ethan? Because there are those people at the school that are just here solely for an education that could give a damn about the athletics. I know as us being sports guys, athletics was a huge part of our college experience, and it is for a lot of other people. But when you have an academic institution and a institution that is primarily tuition based, you have to look at the big picture. And and it's great that they made this decision. We're going to kind of see, you know, guinea pig style with with leagues like the Big 12 and the SEC and the ACC. What happens? You know, we do know a couple people on that Notre Dame football team. So we wish them, you know, nothing but the best throughout this year. But you got to know that these colleges have to have the right processes in place to make sure that, you know, the media, the referees, the water boy, everybody on the team is getting tested consistently because the last thing this country needs is for a couple people in some of the bigger conferences in college football to jump the gun. And then we just have a full on another outbreak of this, you know, terrible disease. Yeah. We really don't want to see March madness part two, part three or part four, we've kind of seen some collapses with baseball teams going on. But yeah, we really hope that this isn't like the end of college football for for the year. And it truly could be. I don't think you can rule out that being a factor. You know, teams would, if one team has a couple positive players, what are you going to do? There's no taxi squad like there is in baseball. So the college football landscape, like you said, as a whole will be different this year. 
and it's going to be it's going to be a lot of focus on them from the country. It's going to be a lot of focus from them on the world, and I think it's going to be a lot of focus on them uh, from the entire uh, sports world. College football is a huge market. Obviously, they take up a whole Saturday. They take up Thursday through Saturday, sometimes Tuesday through Saturday. We see that with our Husky. So it's tough. It's tough to say right now what's going to happen, but right now the wait-and-see game is is most important, and we hope that NIU – I mean, I know NIU made the right decision, but we hope that the, the these bigger conferences will – catch on to that before it gets to a point where it gets too bad. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There is not one college football player, coach, staff member, podcaster, reporter, or media member that doesn't want to see college football this season, but it's bigger than football at this point. There's people's lives that you have to take into effect. So it is an extremely tough situation. But one thing that I saw kind of floating around on Twitter that I thought is an extremely good idea is the Mac was having conversations with the Mountain West Conference in regards to some sort of playoff format. I don't have details on what that playoff format would be, but some sort of like postseason to where I would say, I would assume at this point, and it's, it's terrible to assume, especially in this industry, but it would be dope to see, you know, the Mountain West Conference champion against the Mac Conference champion. Hopefully our Huskies knock on wood, but it, That would be awesome to see so that they know that they're not just playing for that conference title and they have something on the other side. Yeah, that's the one thing I was thinking about, too, is like, how do you crown a national champion in college football this year? I mean, you got leagues playing in different times and things like that. I mean, it really will be interesting to see what they end up doing, but I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind doing it meeting somewhere halfway in the middle, which I guess isn't really a lot considering the Mountain West and the Mac meet in the middle and like Wyoming or something like that. But I don't know. I mean, it'll be it'll be weird. It The one question I've always asked though throughout this whole thing is how do you crown a national champion this year? Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. And and unfortunately for us, I mean, it, it wasn't going to be us unless we absolutely went undefeated and a, a million dominoes falled our way. But You know, at NIU, we know that when you get here, there's a couple things that you have as goals as a football player. Obviously, you got to win the MAC. Throughout your four years here, that's one of the things. If you can get it done more than once, hats off to you even more. But you got to win the MAC. You got to get your degree, and you got to try and just continue to to just build on that culture that is being brought in right now. I mean, Ethan, you and I have talked about the 2020 class and the 2021 class. I didn't realize how many people were actually in it. I saw the picture on Twitter yesterday. Hey, Coach Hammock did his thing. All the other recruiting coaches, they did their thing this offseason. And I'm excited to see those young guys get out there. I wish we were able to, you know, see practice from a little bit of a closer lens. But I'll I'll take 500 yards away from our from our apartment. That's cool with me. But, you know, it's regardless of spring or not, I know that this team is hungry. And Ethan, you brought up a very good point. I think it almost just makes them, it makes them better. They're going to be so in sync and the chemistry will be there because they're going to have more time. Um, You'll probably see some underclassmen, people from that very class of 2020, maybe getting playing time in the spring. Don't don't quote me on that. But if they have a very good fall camp and they stay in shape and they, they prove, you know, their worth to coach Hammock, he has shown in the past that he will put you out there. So I think that's a great thing that we have going for us now. But we did have one domino fall post, you know, post the announcement. Uh, Antoine Walker, cornerback, he's going to be transferring out of NIU. So another player that we have leaving, um, I, I did not get 
an official statement from him. So again, I won't assume, but we wish him nothing but the best wherever he lands, um, whether it's D1, D2 or wherever. Antoine, thank you for your time here in DeKalb and, and go ahead and ball out wherever you go to next. Yeah, it's definitely tough to lose someone with everything going on. Um, you know, you tried to build this program up a little bit, but you know, you mentioned that class of uh, 20 and 21, their recruiting class, man. I was walking or doing our daily walk around the stadium with my girlfriend yesterday. And I was like, that's a lot of people. Saw the picture on Twitter. She goes, yeah, that can literally play like, or that could fit the entire lineup. Like that whole freshman class could be like our JV team for all we know. Like, let's just go out and play Toledo's freshman team and we'll just dominate everybody in the back. But like you said, I think it's tough to, to lose someone like uh, Antoine, um, but we do wish him the best. It's going to be something that's going to be interesting to see. And I know it will lead us into our next topic of will we see players transferring out because of teams not playing in the fall? And I'll let you bring in into that. But, yeah, it's tough to see, but we do wish him the best. Yeah, and like I said, I, I'm not one to assume on his situation, but you got to assume some of these guys at smaller schools might train. I don't know if they're granted immediate eligibility. Ethan, do you know if they're going to be granted immediate eligibility if they try to transfer out this year, like in the current climate? I'm not 100% sure on that. I know former Notre Dame quarterback Phil Jerkovic transferred, and there was a big debate on that. But he transferred, I believe, at the end of last year. To Boston so College, know. yeah. And they yeah, just... I'm not sure. Brian Kelly was playing with that man's money. He Not money, but he, he didn't want him to leave, I don't think. Yeah, so I don't really know uh, how that all works. Obviously, it's a different time, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think it's something that can definitely... We'll we'll do our research and, and we'll get back to you guys with that. But I think, you know, we have a good core on this team and, and I would hate to see more guys leave. And it's unfortunate, even, you know, we look at the situation like this, you know, Jack Heflin and, and Matt Lorbeck left to go to Iowa and now they're not playing till the spring either. So it's a real cluster across the whole landscape of college football right now. But one thing that I want to hammer home and I and I want you guys to understand is that Ethan and I are committed to putting out more interviews, more podcasts. We've talked about, you know, the possibility of running another NCAA uh, football season with the updated rosters for, you know, our players and our listeners. We're dedicated to continuing the content because at the end of the day, this is a podcast that started in the off season. We have not even scratched the surface on our coverage or our abilities to get the news to you guys however you however which way you want to cut it we just unfortunately just like the team are in a situation where we have zero control but what we can control is getting interviews out to you guys and and other creative forms of content so that you guys are ready to rock come spring when those guys are ready to play some football yeah, like we've said this entire podcast, it's an interesting time, but it'll be even more interesting for us, the people that cover this team. You know, we hope to get more access with these players, and we've we've loved being able to talk to them and get to know them off the field. And you know, I know you've got another one coming up. I unfortunately couldn't make it to this interview, but I know you have a, a big interview coming up, and, and you told me how good it was, so I'm hoping that our listeners enjoy it. Uh, but we've had tons of guests on hopefully we get coach hammock back on here soon to get an update from him on on everything and what the what the season holds now for him and what the fall will look like but yeah any i mean we're trying to do it as as much as we want uh or as much as we can i should say but 
like I said, if you guys got any names, any athletes, we're, we're open to tennis, cross country, basketball. Like we're not limited to football. So I think that's one thing that we've kind of missed our opportunity on is, is, you know, opening this up to other student athletes in the, the NIU community and, if you've got a story, if you want to come on, feel free to reach out to us. You know, we have been primarily a football podcast. I know we've had a couple of basketball episodes with our guys, Lacey James and Eugene German, um, which the NBA draft is somehow coming up very soon. The draft lottery is going to be, I believe it is tomorrow night. So be on the lookout for those guys. And, and to our guy, Noah McCarty, got a contract out there in Spain. But we really do want this to be a podcast all about NIU. It doesn't just have to be about football. It doesn't have to be about basketball, open to professors, um, anybody. So we want this to be your go-to source for all news NIU. And, and it's been a pleasure so far bringing it to you. But, you know, like I said, Ethan and I are just going to have to adapt and adjust. That's been the motto for this whole year. But, yeah, he he stole the words right out of my mouth. You know, if you got to this point of the podcast, put your seatbelt on because the next half of the podcast is going to be an absolute banger. We were joined by the punter, Matt Ferentz. We got into a lot of things, you know, how he got to NIU overall, who, you know, who some of his favorite punters and players were growing up. And two, I didn't actually know this about Matt before I got into the interview, Ethan, but he was a walk-on when he got here. I did not know that. So... From walk-on to, you know, I'm, I said it a couple times in the end, from walk-on to potential NFL player here in the next couple of years, it's going to be a hell of a story to cover. Hey, that's the hard way, baby. Yeah. I got drinks on living lips, in the kitchen whipping magic. I got drinks on living lips, in the kitchen whipping magic. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. So they put me over coming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jump in it hard away. Jump in it hard away. In the skillet with the magic. Bad, bad, happy. Yeah, the money got a happy. I used to dream of living lavish. All right, everyone. Now we've reached the interview session of the podcast. And today we are joined by a man who is the all time leader in yards per punt at NIU. This Husky has an NFL ready leg, which helped him land 19 punts inside the 20 yard line last season. This Husky was an academic all Mac selection and a member of the third team. All Mac selected by Pro Football Focus. This Husky controls the field position battle, and today we are pleased to have him on the show. Huskies on tap listeners, I am pleased to present to you our punter, Matt Ferens. Matt, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, brother. I'm happy that you're able to join me here on the show today. It's our first show, you know, post the announcement. And, you know, I'm going to get it out of the way first and foremost. How did you deal with it, and how are you prepared to go out and kill it out there in the spring? Yeah, so when I first heard the announcement, Coach Hammock had a meeting with all of us, and I mean, initially, I feel like everyone was pretty upset and um, kind of angry at the decision because we all love football, and obviously, we all want to play this fall, but looking back and taking time to kind of review the decision that President Freeman and Mr. Frazier made, I, I think it's in the best interest of the student athletes, um, coaching staff, faculty, everyone that works either at NIU or, you know, the entire conference. So I think in the, in hindsight, I think it's, you know, it's an awesome decision that they made and 
I think it uh, took a lot of leadership as well. Coach Hammock really talked about how, you know, uh, for, uh, Mr. Frazier and President Freeman kind of took a leadership role in um, kind of being the first conference to decide and, um, you know, be the first ones to say, you know, we're going to put our players and coaching staff's health as a priority. And, and I'm just really grateful that they made the decision that they did. Yeah, and, and you know, you bring up Lisa Lisa Freeman and Sean Frazier in the leadership position, making the right decisions. So, Matt, let me let me read this quote to you. This was a quote that I grabbed from a Sports Illustrated article. It was the first article that was published that Saturday morning when you know the decision was made. And like you said, you know, at the end of the day, this is a university. They have to care about the students, the student athletes, the faculty, the the Greater DeKalb area, and other Mac City schools. And one thing I brought up, I was on the radio this week or a radio show called Sean and Maya in the Morning. One thing that I brought up is, you know, if you take a college out of you know, a college town that's traditionally had it there, that's got to be so bad for the economy. I know, you know, game days here on Saturday are huge for restaurants, huge for hotels, huge for everybody involved, huge for you guys, us, high stakes. And it's going to suck not having them this Saturday or this uh, fall, but the right decision was made at the end of the day. And the one quote that I want to leave you with on the topic, and then we'll get right into football. Uh, Sean Frazier said, if it saves one player's life, one heart, one long-term health complication, then it's worth it. And I said it on the show. I I mean, I don't know if you've heard this quote yet, but when you have your leader making quotes like that and making the moves like they made to make sure that you guys are safe, you got to love that. When we get recruited to come to NIU and play football and the coaching staff tells us about how great it'll be, you know, being able to get on the field, work out, stuff like that. The most important thing is really just getting your education and then, you know, having your health and your body, which is a kind of a big issue with, you know, a lot of the concussions and injuries that you see today. But the most important thing is absolutely the degree and then your well-being. So I think I couldn't agree more with that quote. Yeah. And you look at it like this. If you got no players because they're sick, you got no program. So it's a tough scene in that way. I got to ask you during the tough, you know, the tough quarantine times when, you know, the gyms were closed, field access was limited. How did you get your kicks in and how did you stay in shape? Uh, Good question. So I live about five minutes away from my high school back in St. Louis, Missouri. So I would just, you know, jump the fence and just go out and kick. And then I I had a few times where I got kicked off and had to go somewhere else. But, you know, I, I consistently tried to stay with it and kick as much as I could. Matt Ferentz and Cole Tucker, the official fence hopping guys on the 2020 Huskies (laughs) roster. Hey, any, by any means necessary, I respect the grind. So you talked a little bit about, you know, your commitment to NIU, who else was involved in the recruiting process, and how did you land yourself here in lovely DeKalb? Yeah, so during my senior year of high school, like during the football season, I had I had received like a, a letter or like a Twitter from Coach Harmon, who's an old quarterbacks coach, and basically he just asked me to come to uh, an unofficial visit or like a game day visit. So um, I was able to meet him in person, and then maybe a couple other coaches. And then I didn't really hear much from him until a couple weeks before signing day. And um, Coach Carey and Coach Kane, who was the the recruiter for St. Louis and uh, I think Missouri too, 
he they both came to my uh, high school and basically gave me a, a preferred walk-on offer and said that you know if you come here and um, start by your first season we'll put you on put you on scholarship so that was the best offer that I had and I'm just super grateful that they um they believed in me and gave me a shot and you love to hear that type of story through my show notes I will say I did not find that so I I will say I'm stumped on that one. So what was it like when you first got here as a preferred walk-on, knowing that, you know, the stakes are a little bit higher for you? You know, you I don't know exactly how it breaks down as far as, like, student tuition and all that stuff, but, you know, scholarship's a scholarship. That's paid in full, just like the movie. But, you know, when you're a preferred walk-on, it's a little bit of a tougher grind. How were you able to manage that as a student, as an athlete? And now, you, you know, I'm going to go out and say it, you're arguably the best punter in the Mac and you know someone that should be on draft boards as far as punters go in the near future I appreciate that um, yeah it was definitely like mentally challenging you know not knowing whether or not I was going to be able to have my college paid for whether I was going to be able to play um, you know have to transfer stuff like that so definitely like kept my head down and you know like teammates have said in the past like the first summer that I was here, I didn't really talk to anyone or like show my personality just because, well, one, I'm a shy person um, when I first meet people. And then two, I just, I just was uncertain about the future and playing here. So um, it was definitely mentally challenging and, and I definitely was not super outgoing at, uh, when I first got here. I would say that's definitely changed. And I mean, here you're joining us on the Huskies on Tap podcast, so you're a little bit more extroverted at this point. Were you always a punter or, or did you play some other positions in high school and, and growing up? Yeah, so growing up, I played like every sport possible, basketball, football, soccer. I love um, to hear that. <laughs> yep. And then uh, in high school, I just stuck to football and baseball, but all throughout grade school and middle school I played soccer and um, there was one day in my backyard my dad had me go out and uh, kick over the little swings that we had because it was about like 10 feet tall and he was like wow I think you could you know be a kicker and the next practice we had I I practiced kicking and I just went from there and then in high school is when I started punting so that's kind of how I got started. So do you think you still have the, like, you could you, you know, if, if God forbid one of our kickers, if Richardson went down or, you know, whoever's out there at the time, would you be able to go in and knock down a field goal? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm the backup kicker and, you know, with practice, sometimes we'll have um, the second team field goal go out there and kick and, and I'm always out there and it's, it's a little difficult sometimes because, we don't always have a backup holder, so I can't hold for myself, obviously. But yeah, sometimes I'll go out there and, and uh, kick field goals during practice with the with the twos. I will say I had to ask because I've knocked home some like 55-yard bombs with you in NCAA football. So I just, <laughs> I had to get that out there. Um, What's my kicking power at? 96. Sweet. Yeah, so they definitely, I, I got to say, we those ratings can be hit or miss because they're ultimately made by like some dude that lives in his mom's basement that just exactly. happens to love college football. So you can't get like too mad about them if they're low because they did some of our guys bogus. But 
it it's fun that they were able to like get you guys in the game you know whether you know you guys you know you don't get money off of it but it's still cool to see your, yourself in the game and you know if you're with your friends you can play as yourself so i, I always yeah. think that's cool i got one more hypothetical for you so fourth and 15 you guys need to get 15 yards it's late in the game coach hammock sends you out it's not too late to the point where they know you're not gonna punt they think you're gonna punt it's fourth and 15 coach hammock calls a fake can you get it done yeah absolutely i think um the type of fake and like the scheme and all that would definitely be um super important but you know i got i I played baseball up until high school so i got i got an arm on me i love that we got we got a we got a uh, scout team quarterback if if you know anybody goes down matt will be there to pick up the slack I got to ask you, brother, so what is your favorite part about being the punter? You know, when guys come off the field during training camp and basically they're mentally and physically exhausted um, and they're like looking at us um, during practice, sitting on the bench and, uh, you know, not really breaking a sweat. I'm definitely grateful to be um, a specialist. (laughs) I love to hear that, man. Take me through... All right, so take me through, like, the Matt Ferentz, John Richardson, you know, specialist practice. What do you guys do? Um, Are you guys out there the whole time? (laughs) Yeah, we're out there the whole time usually. You know, we'll begin practice uh, with a team stretch, and then we might go into a a stretch, you know, five, ten minutes by ourselves. And then um, depending on when we kick during practice, so sometimes it'll be at the beginning of practice, sometimes it'll be at the middle of practice. So we'll kind of structure everything else that we do to basically be at our best uh, when we kick. So I'll, I'll do a bunch of drills. You know, I'll hit some practice kicks before we actually go out and um, perform for the team and stuff for, for practice. So I got to say, that's that's got to be pretty fun just going out there and hitting nukes all day. I've seen like you know, obviously I've never made it to the collegiate level playing football. I have experience in high school semi-pro and, you know, what we watch on TV with like last chance you and stuff. And it looks like the kickers and punters are always like the guys that just go out and have so much fun at practice. Like who can kick it further? Who can make the longest field goal? And maybe we'll run some wind sprints at the end, but it's just a day with the boys. Yeah. I don't know about the wind sprints part, but uh, we definitely have some fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we definitely have what? some fun and, and some games that we play and um, just to pass the time if practice is going too too long. Can we expect you to be like a pro day warrior, like 20 on the bench and like a 4640 <laughs> or what? I mean, with uh, a leg like that, I got to ask. I could hit I could hit some numbers on the squat bar, but definitely not the bench press. OK, OK, that's fair. That's fair. So growing up, did you have like a favorite punter or currently do you have like someone in the game that you really idolize? Yeah, good question. I um I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, so I grew up a Rams fan and I still am even though they moved. Um but the punter at the time was Johnny Hecker and he has been he's been my favorite punter ever since I got into punting. So um and he also happens to be the best punter in the NFL. Yes, absolutely. No, yeah, my dad is like the biggest Rams fan. He's been with them since 68. And so they've they've been adopted as my second team. I follow them closely. I actually just got done watching uh, their series on Amazon Prime. It was from a couple years ago. I'm very football deprived. So I've been watching like any sort of football series on 
Netflix, Amazon, HBO, wherever. But they had a scene actually after Jeff Fisher was fired and Mm -hmm. Hacker was like in tears. And he's like, look, he's like, look, this is our fault, guys. Like Hacker, he is a fake punt like specialist. Like he is the number one at faking it in the league. He's got an absolute missile. He's a team leader. He's funny guy on the Internet, too. So that's someone that I can definitely respect as your favorite punter. Growing up as a Rams fan, who was your favorite player? Probably Steven Jackson, the okay. running back that they had for a while. Very, he, um, very actually, underrated. Oh, yeah. I actually met him at an airport in, like, Atlanta one time randomly, which was super cool, too. Yeah, I was going to say, he came right after Marshall Falk, and he actually never got to the playoffs. He was in kind of that Mark Bolger era where they were mm-hmm. on the downside of the greatest show on turf, and arguably one of the best backs of his era that does not get enough respect Oh, yeah. Um, so you knocked out my next question, which is your favorite team, which is the Rams. So I got to ask you, who are your best friends on the NIU football team? So best friends are definitely guys from my freshman class that I met when I first got here. So Weston Kramer, defensive tackle, Dylan Thomas, who's actually one of my roommates, Cole Tucker, Vinny Labus, John is a good friend, John Richardson, the kicker. And then also some previous specialists, Hayden Sack, and then um, my freshman year, Josh Orn and Christian Hagen. Uh, they were super supportive and like um, helpful when I first got there. So I'll always um, be appreciative of, of them being there my freshman year. And then I think that I think that's about it. Hey, that's a pretty big group. And you got to, you know, you got to go out and admire, you know, what you said when you got here, you know, you weren't really, you know, the most talkative guy, not too overly friendly, just all business. And now look at it now. You're in your later years. You're an upperclassman. I'd like to consider you one of the leaders on the team because, you know, with the amount of upperclassmen and people that we've seen transfer, there's not as many familiar faces with this uh, Husky, this 2020 Husky team. So I'm definitely grateful that you stayed because even as, as recent as this week, I did see that uh, Antoine Walker is going to be transferring. So we wish him nothing but the best on his next journey in football. But like I've always said, you know, during these transfer news, those who stay will be great. You're a guy that's won a MAC championship already. What's your top three memories here as a member of the NIU football team? So I got to go number one MAC championship. That was a super cool moment. Being down 29 to 10 at halftime and then coming back was just super um it was such a change of emotions, and uh, I'm su- super grateful for that entire team and coaching staff. Number two's got to be my freshman year when we went to Lincoln, Nebraska and beat the Cornhuskers. That was super, super cool. Having played in front of a crowd that big was definitely eye-opening and nerve-wracking at the same time. And then number three probably beating BYU my sophomore year, seven to six. That game was super cool because it was so low scoring and field position was a huge determinant of how the game turned out. And I had, I had a super good game that, that um, Saturday, the games that were able to beat power five teams are always awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And 7-6 is like the most textbook NIU, like grinded out junkyard dog win. And like you said, you know, you control that field position battle. 
I don't oh, think yeah. we're able I don't think we're able to escape that game uh senior night against Western Michigan, you know, without your duty that night. You won player of the week that week, you averaged fifty point three yards a punt that week, and you hit a sixty three yard bomb. Like in the rain, in the monsoon that we call DeKalb football <laughs> weather. How are you able to just like absolutely annihilate balls? What's the longest one you think you've hit in a game? My freshman year, we played Central Michigan and there was like a 15, 20 mile an hour wind at my back. So I hit a punt that was 70 with the roll. So like 55 in the air. Um, and that's been my furthest punt throughout my career so far. That's absolutely nuts, my guy. So I got to ask you one more topic or one more question. You know, when that snap comes back, how much adrenaline is going through you? To, you know, how long do you think you have to get it off? And has it ever, you know, I'm sure it has in your history of punting, but what's your like escape route? What, how are you getting out of there, at least getting the ball off? Yeah, I think my mentality when I'm 15 yards behind our long snapper is definitely to just um, relax and treat it like practice. And that's something in the past year I've been really trying to work on is just, you know, staying calm and treating every punt like it's just like a practice game. But to answer your second question, kind of the escape plan, I guess, would to just be, I don't know, put a spin move on someone or, or, uh, chuck it to to one of our gunners i guess just tap the b button real quick for the one <laughs> time send some kid in a spin cycle and off to the races you go i figured i'd ask because i can only imagine like you don't you know i'm sure you can you can tackle and hit when it comes down to it but when you're you know you're just trying to get the ball off you're completely defenseless so i can only imagine you know say you get a, a low snap high snap some you know you fumble it whatever happens it's got to be a pretty quick out as far as as punting you know were you were you self-taught you know you, you learned a little bit through your grandpa but have you or not your grandpa your father but did you go to like any kicking schools or punting schools to kind of like hone your craft yeah so I think I went to my first kicking camp in like eighth grade going into high school uh, which is where I learned how to punt and just basically the fundamentals and getting the basics down and then <clears throat> throughout high school uh, in order to get recruited, a lot of kickers and punters go to like college combines and like showcases to um, get like a ranking with there's a couple of um, uh, companies that do it out there. Cole's kicking, Chris Saylor kicking are the two biggest ones. And I did uh, Cole's kicking. So I would go to like these showcases where you you hit a certain amount of punts, certain amount of kicks, and there's a competition after you you do like a charting session and basically they rank you on their website and college coaches can use that to recruit but other coaches that I've gone to there's a there's a coach in Frisco Texas Will Goggins and then Mike McCabe out in Birmingham Alabama and a couple other coaches there's actually a guy that my mom went to high school with and he punted at Michigan and he he was working as a, uh, a personal trainer at the the workout gym I went to so I asked him to um, basically coach me for for an hour or two, like my junior year, I think. And um, that's about all the coaching I've, I've gotten. A couple, a couple other coaches that I can't think of right now, but Coles and one-on-one -on -one kicking. Yeah, I'd say it absolutely worked out to this point. Do you have any punt pass kick championships under your belt? No, no, I don't. 
That's um, a damn shame, Matt. That's a damn shame. <laughs> I know you see yeah. the Andy Reid video every time they go out on Monday Night Football. Yeah, that thing's hilarious. He's like six foot, and the the other kids are like four, four five. Re- repping the old Cleveland Rams, you gotta love it. Yep. <laughs> so I gotta ask you, words of advice to incoming freshmen, especially ones that were in your position? Yeah, I think we have a couple of freshman punters uh, that came in the summer. Uh, One is a transfer. And, you know, my advice to them and also other freshmen would to be just set your priorities. So what I mean by that is just, you know, if your priority is earning a scholarship, do everything in your power to earn a scholarship. If your priority is to, you know, get a 4.0 each semester, you know, make sure you're living out your priorities. And that's something that I, I kind of live by. With being a, um, a walk-on my freshman year, my priority was to earn a scholarship. And then kind of after that was to be, you know, all-conference, which I'm still working on getting, but um, my next priority is to hopefully make it to the NFL. And if not, you know, I'm making a priority of uh, finishing well in school and hopefully starting a, an awesome career. couple things. That is absolutely moving stuff right there. My guy, if the NFL doesn't work out, I got plenty of leagues and plenty of teams that could use your service. The paycheck ain't as nice, but there is plenty of football to be played. Fortunately for you, I do think that, you know, and I'm just a guy with a podcast who absolutely loves football and IU football at that, but I do think you personally have what it takes to get to that next level from the punter position. Um, I got to ask you, can you teach, you know, I know Ethan wasn't able to join us today, but can you teach Ethan and I when we're not masked up and all, all, you know, separate and stuff and we're able to get integrated back into what you guys are doing can you teach us how to hit bombs absolutely you got my phone (laughs) number just give me a call and i'll be there perfect i i'd love to make that happen uh real quick can you do me oh actually no i skipped over this and i'm an absolute asshat for it i i mentioned (laughs) you're you're an academic all-american what's your major uh so i graduated in three years with a a marketing degree and i was able to do that um also another a piece of advice for um, freshmen and, and uh, other guys is to take summer classes and then also get high school credit um, for college so that you okay. can graduate early. Cause young guns, young guns, listen to Matt on this one because he got out in three years. I, what was your, you had a high GPA almost every semester, close to 4.0, if I'm not mistaken. I always saw your name on the graphics. Yeah, I ended with a 3.4.7 okay. maybe. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Are you going to be doing um, are you going to be doing any sort of grad school or are you just kind of like NFL route right now? Let me get through my senior year and my junior year. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to go to the NFL, but I'm also pursuing an MBA. So, oh, sweet. Uh, yeah. So I'm doing my uh, master's in business administration. I'm in the process of doing mine in sports management, so hopefully we cross paths over there. Real quick, before I let you go for the day, can you go ahead and plug your social media, your Twitter, and your Instagram so our our listeners can follow you? Yep. So my Instagram, just Matt underscore Ference, and then Twitter, Matt Ference 3, I think. So yeah, go hit me up on there. Again, I really appreciate you guys having me on, and look forward to staying in touch. Hey, absolutely. We we thank you, you know, for coming on the show. And, you know, kind of like I said earlier in the, in the program, without players, we don't have a program. 
without all these interviews and the interaction from you guys, you know, we don't really have a podcast. So we, we got to thank you, you know, on behalf of the Huskies on tap podcast and on behalf of the on tap sports net, do you have any final words for Husky nation before we wrap it up today, Matt? Go dogs. Hey, uh, cutthroat point blank and period. I love it. Um, <laughs> it. It was a great interview today with our punter, Matt Ferentz, uh, an up and coming kicker here, you know, looking to make his shot to get to the NFL He's been very successful, not only in the classroom, but on the field. He has high averages in his grade point average and his average yard per punt. So big numbers guy. And, you know, he said he's a marketing marketing major. He got his degree, so he's got to be good with numbers. Uh, hopefully the NFL guys get it right when, uh, you know, it's time to come out here and DeKalb and scout this guy and we can see him play on Sundays. But that'll be it for today. For the Huskies on Tap podcast, you can stay tuned to our Twitter that can be found at Huskies on Tap for future episodes like this. But I got nothing else for you, lovely listeners, and go Huskies.